Welcome Spartans to Mission Debrief. We've played every mission of the mainline Halo video games and now we're playing every mission from the rest of the games of the franchise in chronological order. Each episode we'll be discussing our experiences and sprinkling in a little lore along the way. If you'd like to play along and have your thoughts read on the show, email us at podcastevolved at gmail.com or drop us a tweet at podcastevolved on Twitter. We'll be starting the Halo Wars 2 DLC with Gatecrashers from Operation Spearbreaker on the next episode. If you like what you hear and want to support the show, visit Podcast Evolved on Patreon. You can also receive a free audiobook trial by visiting audibletrial.com slash podcastevolved. This episode, we are recapping our experience with Halo Wars 2. I'm your host, Colin Perkins, alongside David Arnold. Hello, everybody. And Krista Brown. Okay. But do we get more blur in the DLC? I think Ooh. I think there is. There better be, or else I'm revolting. <laughs> but believe we may not get some right away, but we will get some Good. eventually. Eventually. I am gonna run through because this is the final like main campaign. We have a little more story to explore, but this is the final main campaign from the additional games that we have so far. So Rip. if you've been listening all the way through us, you've come a long way. How many games are we up to now? It's like 13. A million. <laughs> Impossible to it's count. quite a few. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I can <laughs> count that high. But um, so I'll run through what we've done so far in the non-FPS games. And then we'll kind of dig into, you know, our overall thoughts, do some comparisons back to Halo Wars 1. And we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, have, a, we'll have a good time as always with these recap shows so all right so in halo wars proper the spirit of fire chases a covenant fleet that's searching for ancient technology across across the galaxy the prophet of regret plans to use a forerunner fleet stationed inside a flood infested shield world but needs a human to activate the ships the arbiter ripamorami captures professor professor ellen anders and forces her to wake the dreadnoughts to save humanity from certain doom, Captain James Cutter gives the order to use the Spirit of Fire's FTL drive to destroy the shield world while the ships are still inside. Sergeant John Ford sacrifices himself by manually activating the FTL drive, causing the planet's sun to go supernova while his comrades make a furious escape. The remaining crew, including ship AI Serena and Spartan Red Team, are left floating in space with little hope of rescue. That took place from February 4th, 2531 to February 25th, 2531. And we never heard from them again. Or Oof. did we? Bum, bum. <laughs> In Fireteam Raven, we dropped out of slip space and explored the mysterious halo ring that Cortana randomly brought us to. With the help of A.I. Wellesley, Fireteam Raven battled the Covenant, discovered the Flood, and helped Master Chief use the Pillar of Autumn's fusion reactor to destroy the Ring World superweapon in order to save all life in the galaxy. That took place from September 19th, 2552 to September 22nd, 2552. Now we get our twin stick shooters. Here we go. In Halo Spartan Assault, the Covenant Splinter Sect violated the Treaty of 2552 and attacked the UNSC forces stationed on Drathius V. The planet's moon was discovered to be a forerunner creation that could both build and destroy planets. Spartans Davis and Palmer led the effort to stop the Covenant leader, Mergval, 
from harnessing the devastating technology, repel the invasion, and evacuate the system. Davis doesn't survive the operation, but Palmer perseveres and honors her fallen comrade. That took place at some point during 2554. Now, in Spartan Strike, during the Battle of New Mombasa, two separate teams of ODSTs obtain critical pieces of Forerunner technology. The conduit, an, artificial, uh, an artifact with the ability to activate portals across the galaxy and the location of a portal device. The conduit is lost as the Prophet of Regret leaves Earth, but it reappears in 2557 on Gamma Halo. Two UNSC Spartans are deployed on separate missions, one to obtain the conduit and the other to locate the portal device. Both successful, the Spartans retreated to Earth and shut down a second portal located in New Phoenix to stop the Covenant and Promethean invasion. That took place originally back in 2552, that was 1020, and then um, in July 2557, so Halo 2 time frame and Halo 4 time frame. Now, in Halo Wars 2, after 28 years adrift in space, the UNSC Spirit of Fire is mysteriously transported to the Ark, and its crew is released from cryosleep. Douglas 042, Jerome 092, and Alice 130 are sent to scout the surface of Installation 00 and obtained a logistics AI named Isabel. However, they also encounter the current occupants of the Halo Maker, a vicious conglomerate of Covenant defectors and mercenaries known as the Banished, led by a Girolane named Atriox. Captain Cutter orders a series of operations aim to reduce reduce the banished grip on the forerunner technology that lies within the ark desperate for reinforcements red team helps isabel neutralize the banished banished carrier ship while professor anders releases a new halo from the installation's foundry with atriox's forces stranded on the ark's surface anders takes the ring through slip space to get help while cutter and the spirit of fire keep an eye on the banished from above. That all that takes place from March 28th, 2559 to April 2nd, 2559. So we did it. We made it through the campaign. Now how are we feeling with this story? Like where we're left? The DLC brings a couple more things, but it's more like little side stories to explore. But we've come all this way and we're up to date. So in these recaps we're not really trying to do the same approach where it's like we don't know, know what's coming, but we really don't know what's coming <laughs> because Halo Infinite's coming. We know a little bit. We don't know a lot. Um, how are you feeling about the, where the story is left in Halo Wars 2, David? Really excited. And I remember when even the first time I played it, being thinking it was weird, but also really liking that you never directly fight Atriox. That he, he's just mm-hmm. a character in the way Coder is, that he's never, he's not on, on the field. I enjoyed that because of how much I enjoyed the build-up of Atriox and being like, oh, he they better not make this cool character and kill him off in the one game he's in. Yeah. Because I find that really annoying for Halo. So I, I really like the fact that he is still a major threat at the end. And the game mm-hmm. sells that really well of showing you that, like, okay, like, the we know, let's say, boom, this game came out, Halo 5 was already done. I can't remember. And blanket. It was, of course. Yep, Halo 5 came out in 2015. This came out in 2017. Yep. yep. Yeah, so, so we this knew, is the furthest advanced. Yep. Yeah, we knew that this took place after Halo 5, which was exciting. 
even though it's in a different sphere we knew it and then the fact that this game then ends on the cliffhanger it does with sending a halo ring with anders on it back to like let's say closer to like unse space and mm-hmm. that's really fucking cool and i'm like because that obviously bridges the gap or kind of links the two spheres of like okay the arc is so far out of the way with the portal down it's pretty much almost inaccessible um it just takes it takes months to get there so it's impractical so they're kind of cut off and the rest of humanity knows nothing about the spare the fire even now which is crazy but like it gets really exciting thinking about how they could cross over and then again mm-hmm. like we know with kind of stuff and infinite and stuff we can't really talk too much about it but that's cool do you know what i mean so how the story ended i really yeah. like i liked that it sets up that there's still there are huge battles took place but there's still huge forces in play and they're still important mm-hmm. so i really enjoy that i like i like when the game yeah. leaves you off Atriox is he still you know shows this massive army still in the arc but he really has no way to get off of the arc currently I mean, he, the Cutter and the UNSC are going to, you know, try to keep him at bay. But meanwhile, I mean, he's on the Ark. He has engineers. He has access to a lot of technology. There's a chance he's going to figure a way to get off and then somehow, you know, get back to the larger story. You know, Halo Wars, the, the first one was... I don't, you know, I, I forget if we talked about if it was meant to be a, like a one-off story, one done or not, but it was more lore, you know, it's more extended universe that, and it gave us a way to play with, you know, all these units and vehicles that we always wanted to play with that, but we never really have had the chance to because we've always been, you know, Master Chief. Um, so it's interesting, you know, I'm glad that they did this second game in the same, you know, same rts format and and took the approach of hey let's let's introduce a new faction that could play into the larger story but i guess the question is will it and how how soon will it krista what's your what are your thoughts on on folding the banished and this story in back into the fps games well i think i think two things were accomplished from this game uh, that 343 wanted to kind of do. Um, mm-hmm. One, of course, they brought the Spirit of Fire back, but two, they introduced the Banished. They said, here, right. this is the new big threat in Halo. These are the guys mm-hmm. you should be worried about right now. And, uh, you know, here is why. And then they kind what? of give you give you the reasons why throughout this book. And also, they kind of bring the arc back into play, but not mm-hmm. really... Well, but, I think um, they, were, they were struggling with the remains of the Covenant, what to do with that, right? Um, you know, technically, at the end of Halo 3, which is a long time ago, you know, the Covenant is no more. You know, granted, there's a bunch of infighting and, and power struggles and things like that to keep the Covenant alive, but from... It was it was too big of an empire to just fade away after one battle at mm-hmm. Earth. Do you know what I mean? It, 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 yeah. it had to destroy itself at that stage because of, you know, humanity's forces being so beaten back to the point, like, there was no way we could have quote-unquote won. So, this mm-hmm. is, I mean, it, it had to... The way it went was clever and good, do you know what I mean? And obviously broke apart into factions that let us keep fighting, quote-unquote, the Covenant in later games and stuff like yeah. that. So... Yeah, but here's the that. thing with like here's the thing with like the sex of covenant was there wasn't ever a good villain that kind of lived up to the prophets 
Mm-hmm. Right. The prophets were great villains. They were so much fun to hate. They yep. were they were interesting. They were batshit crazy. They had a lot of history. There were a lot of reasons to hate the prophets, especially Truth. He was a great character. And you know, games games need a good villain. You need to hate someone and have a goal. You need a figurehead, right? Yeah. 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 And I think I think Atriox. I think them making Atriox and building him up to be such a great villain was probably the smartest thing for them to do. Mm-hmm. Because he's probably better than the uh, prophets ever were. Because he's a, the prophets were never really they were politically powerful, but they were never powerful in their own right. Atriox is they weren't like intimidating award. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, but they, that's, they just that's interesting the game, though, right? But Atriox is actually like a warrior. Like you're not just gonna go and right. stab him in the back like Arbiter did to Truth. Like he's right. gonna put up a fight. So I think that's or... an interesting. Or get wasted by uh, an assassination by Locke. Yeah, that's <laughs> not going to happen Jewel. either. Like, Atriox is <laughs> yeah. a super... Because Jewel Mandama wasn't a super good villain. He was kind of... Yeah, he was just kind of there. He was just there to, like, get the didact involved in Halo 4, and then he was just He was there, there to be the organization... Words. He was be- there to he be was... the organizational force behind that new covenant. Like, like we still... Because... You know that, like the handoff of of Halo from Bungie to three four three and stuff like that. Like Halo is still uh, the fighting the Covenant or fighting aliens is still a big part of Halo and it always will be. So there needed to be that handoff and the Covenant needed to still be in Halo Four. So they included included the Covenant. Their main character was the Didact, but we didn't really get to see Jewel or like what who was leading the Covenant. You know, Jewel's Covenant until Spartan Ops. And he just he didn't get enough. I don't know. I mean, I guess he did. He he was fleshed out a decent amount, but the, the maybe it is, just he wasn't that interesting. His yeah. most interesting parts and build up were all in books. Do you know what I mean? So like, yeah, he never. Came, yeah, that's he, true. he almost comes across like two different characters almost in terms of mm-hmm. games and books. So there's there's too Good much point. about him that that doesn't come across, which is a, a bit disappointing. But I think they did a great job with Atriox. Even they didn't do anywhere near as much. I just think I, I just think they nailed the character better. Um, mm-hmm. and and even then, like there's still so much we don't know because we've been talking this whole game. Like, what are the motivations here? Like, we it's all on the UNSC side. We don't really know what Atrox is trying to do. No. Um. Mm-mm. So, which is actually kind I'm of not... smart. He's a villain, but we don't know his motivations, which means they can go anywhere with his character. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, to that end, the Spirit of Fire shows up at the Ark. They track a signal down. They, you know, get beat up by the Banished. What if they just went out of range, <laughs> you know? I mean, I, I guess they were, they thought, okay, well, well, there's the Banished there. They're, they're aliens. They don't like us. They're on the Ark. They are probably a threat to us directly. Um, we don't want them to harness the technology, so we need to to not let them have this technology um, by doing everything that we can to to stop them or, or you know chip away at them. But I, I guess my question is like, did Cutter have to engage the banished? I mean, probably, right? Um, they were gonna are, kill him. What else? I were mean, they, they don't like do? humans. I mean, well, but, but once do they, they, once, do they, really once care they about had, humans? 
Not really. Like Aatrox doesn't. I mean, I mean, they killed everybody on the arc. Probably do. Yeah, that's here's the problem. They killed. They got. They landed on the arc. They found a human outpost. They got in there. Everyone was dead, and then they instantly engaged with them. Yeah. Like, what was Cutter supposed to do? Right. Yeah, because they did slaughter, and that's what Isabel talked about how they slaughtered everybody um, to gain control of the ark. So they did. They they essentially cleansed the ark of all humanity. So yeah, there's there's there was that threat, I guess, described by Isabel back to Cutter. So that makes that sense. Teensy wincy de- detail. <laughs> yeah, I mean that doesn't. It still doesn't speak to the motivation question, but he at least uh, he Cutter at least... had a motivation. Yeah. Right. And so did Isabel. Yes. Um, so what do you think, though, about folding into Infinite, Krista? What are what are your thoughts? Is there... What's... You well, know, the, uh, yeah, I feel like we can talk about that stuff in, in, in the recap shows. You know, we'll... Um, if you're worried about Infinite spoilers, well, there's only so much we know um, about Infinite at this point as of recording. So you're just curious, you know, what, what you think would make the most sense for the franchise um, folding... How do we pull, or do they pull in this arc story, these characters, into Infinite? Maybe not in Infinite. Um, I feel like Infinite's goal is to kind of introduce the Banished into, you know, Halo kind of The wider of time, community. I guess, yeah. Because mm-hmm. some, people, some people are not going to play Halo Wars. They're just not. Yeah. You know, they don't know who the Banished is. They don't care. They want to play Infinite and know what's going on. So, I mean, there might there's probably going to be references to what's going on in the arc or something like that. But I don't think the Spirit of Fire is going to show up in this game. I think there's a potential for the next game. But I, I think of this game kind of almost like the Halo Combat Evolved, where it's just kind of trying to set up everything. And then the next game might be the wider perspective. You're talking about Infinite or Halo Wars 2? Yeah, Infinite. Infinite. Gotcha. Yeah. I, yeah, Halo, Wars, Halo Wars 2 is almost the prequel, right, to Infinite, which would be kind of... They're almost trying to make a foil of Combat Evolved at this point, right? I mean, mm-hmm. so here's the one bad guy, you're on the one... You're on this ring, and here's going to be kind of a contained story that might broaden out to something different later. Yeah, David, what do you think? What's I reckon... Your, what are your thoughts be- on that? Because of how this game ended, I think, and the way, what we've seen of Infinite, Infinite will only, re- I think, tie into this game with the word Atriox. I don't really think anything else will be brought into Infinite from this game. Basically, hmm. because so they're, they're too separated by distance. There's no communication there. The only thing that links the two is Anders taking that ring and going and getting interrupted by a guardian. So mm-hmm. from... That's the only really linkage there that that I could see that a thread that they could tie into Infinite. I don't know if they will, because that might be too much, given the fact that Infinite is going to set up a whole new faction of the Banished, yeah. and it's going to be Iscarum, it's going to be these new sub-captains and bosses, was it the the fist, of the hand of Aatrox, I can't remember. Aatrox, yeah. Um, and these characters will be the main ones. I don't I don't see them trying to tie in any Spirit of Fire stuff because it, it doesn't make sense, to to be perfectly honest, given what we know of, of Infinite at the moment. What do you think about the lack of created? Well, like, what is created at, at this stage? Are they just AIs? Are they Prometheans? Are they... 
I mean, Aaron has a theory of like the banished are mercenary forces, which they are actually described as mercenaries. So are the created, have they hired them in such a way to be, to be mm-hmm. their muscle? Like there is potential there. I don't know what, the, what a, what combat against created is like. Do you know what I mean? We, we haven't seen right. anything like that yet. And we, but we know Cortana is now physical. How many other ones are, what are they? Are they like godlike beings? What are, mm. what are their powers in the real world? Do you know what I mean? It's, it's weird. To, it's weird to think. And, um, this is so much we don't know and probably will, won't know even in Infinite itself. I, I, it, it, look- it might be, for Infinite, for them rebooting the series, it might be too hard of a concept to grasp in the first game. Like, the, well, not the crea- for people crea- that have been playing all the games. I mean, well, like, fighting the created and how they're going to manifest and stuff like that. It might be easier that- to just have the created hire the banished and then attack humanity that way i mean yeah. the, the, the at the end of halo 5 cortana and i've and i've done you know some research and heard opinion on this and i tend to agree with some of the voices out there but the created were too big of a threat yeah like they they were all powerful with all these guard like humanity had no chance um but humanity needed to survive somehow so so it's it'll be it'll be really interesting to how they fill in the gaps and how you know how we find floaty chief and and what i mean the the what the actual makeup of the created it is to to david's point that's the biggest mystery to me going into infinite what does the created look like in in the next halo game we don't know that it it'll i mean we know cortana's in it because we've heard her voice um she's going to be involved in some capacity. She has to, but we just don't know. It's a, that's, that's the big mystery. So we have, and meanwhile we have the banished and we, we've, you know, Halo Wars two gave us the banished and some of the lore, the, the extended lore, the books have written the banished into that story to, to more or less say, Hey, they were around the whole time to, to, I don't know, validate or, 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 or just bring them into the fold. I think they did that pretty effectively through the through the extended lore stuff, but um, yeah, I think I think from a a casual you know gamer standpoint is like, well, I'm gonna be playing Halo, I'm gonna be fighting aliens, and this is now the Red Covenant, right? Yep, pretty much. That's pretty much it. But I think yeah, yeah what's also I mean, this story has. Because they've brought the Spirit of Fire to the Ark, and the Ark is a location of a mainline Halo series. I mean, everybody knows the Ark from Halo fans. I think that cements that like it, it's going. We're going to go back there. Do you know what I mean? There, mm-hmm. it, there, there. That link is too strong now. I think that yeah. like to to leave it to chance or anything, or to leave it a ship wandering in space. They're back. Do you know what I mean? For all intents and purposes, we are going to go back there. We, yeah. The Spirit of Fire, those two storylines are going to overlap. I don't know if we get another Halo Wars game, but obviously they've got a perfect setup there of just just keeping the event, well, like what's happening on the arc while the infinite events are happening. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it, it can easily be done. One way what about the other. Halo ring itself? So, I mean, that's the other thing. Um, the know, one where, created in this game? Halo f- well, Halo Five left off with a Halo ring. We don't. It could be any Halo ring, technically, um, and it could be at any time. They just kind of show it, and then they sh- they they have Cortana humming, 
over it. Um, you assume that she's which connects the created she to has it. the ring, but yeah, but well, um, maybe the not. Huge, the huge link here that I think, and I said it in the last show, but like, what really would have made sense to me to tie these two franchises together is like Anders takes that ring, teleports it, but there's Spanish forces on it, and that's what drags the Spanish yeah. forces into the mainline Halo. Because now you have mm-hmm. Anders with her information. You have Banished now being brought into a, an area where they weren't before. You have a Halo ring to fight on. That all seems like super easy writing to like make a game and have that intersect with Guardians. Clearly you have a Guardian stopping the ring, which links to the current timeline of the created because the yeah. Guardian is there. So like there you have Guardians, there you have Created, there you have Banished, there you have UNSC. And that to me mm-hmm. makes way more sense to that's where the fight was that humanity lost that has banished on, mm. on a ring that's broken. Sure. So it just seems, yeah, I don't, and obviously it's day of the halo, so we know it's definitely not that. But to, in my brain, that all lined up really nicely to, to build yeah. Infinite like as a game. Right. But like you said, we have this unambiguous ring and Cortana is singing. It makes sense that we just saw, quote unquote, Anders stare down a guardian. Who do you think won that fight? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 100% that that ring belongs to the created. So that yeah. could totally so be do that they ring have Halo two 5. rings or is it the same ring? You know, that's that's the question. But um, we, we know. Yeah. Yeah. OK. Yeah. I see what you mean. Right. I mean, that that's possible, right? Because there's still some rings we, we don't we haven't been on. So maybe uh, it's a scramble players, for but... power that the created have a ring. The banished have taken a ring. Humanity like, oh, shit, we need a ring. So we fight for one. Lose. Yeah. I feel like they have a little explaining to do because, well, just regarding the banished, we still don't know how Atriox got to the Ark, and then we we but based off of the information from Infinite that we know, there is banished out there that's not a part of Atriox's, I don't know, current army. So at some point, Atriox took a bunch of banished, and, and went to the they Ark. went to the Ark. He found out about the Ark. He was transported to the Ark somehow. Dropped out of some place. I think he just made the journey. The the months. I think he just traveled, like conventionally to get there. I don't think he portaled in or did anything fancy. There's no way. Maybe he maybe he went to the Ark. Maybe he went to the Ark to to get a Halo. Maybe maybe he found out about that somehow. He he didn't seem. I thought that like his reaction to the Halo ring coming out was more surprise and shock i didn't know if he knew that that's what the the arc did but or that it had to Mm -hmm. do but then again he's also i'm probably giving him way more credit but he would be smart enough i think to know that and he also seems has engineers on his side so i think he has access to like way more of the arc system but engineers they only give up so much information right like you have to ask them the right question true for them to give up that info but um yeah i know what you mean and even actually now we even talked like even Guilty Spark didn't know what was on the Ark. He thought the Ark was literally a place like an Ark to stay outside of the mm. blasting zone of the thing to actually survive on. I don't think he knew that. Yeah, because he found he found out it made Halo rings right in Halo yeah. Three. He's like, yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah, I get a new one. Let's go. Yeah. So you and wonder how much Johnson. of that information is out there in the wild. Hmm. So we we don't know how big the banished really are because we know 
that Atriox has a huge force on the Ark. You know, we killed a lot of them in Halo Wars 2, um, but he didn't take his full force. The, re- the rest of the Banished uh, were still left somewhere as he took his army off to the Ark, or the, the, this portion of his army off to the Ark. And then we'll, we'll, I guess we'll find out. So there's a lot of interesting stories that they can still tell, more or less. You know, I mean, um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see if we somehow play the, in- the gaps or if we just pick the story up, kind of like what we did in Halo 4. We just kind of picked the story back up from, you know, Chief floating in space. Anything to add, Krista, before we move on? No, I think I'm good. (laughs) What do you think about just Halo Wars 2 as an RTS game? Um, You know, separate from the story, Krista, do you... I mean, I guess you're not a big RTS person. You're clearly good at them, but I know you don't play them, you know, religiously. What do you what did you think about just the experience of playing Halo Wars 2 as an RTS game? Uh, I think it improved a lot of stuff from Halo Wars 1. Of mm-hmm. course it's it's been a long it's been a good couple of years between the two games, so of course there's going to be a lot of improvements. Yeah. Um I don't know, it's it's a lot of fun. You know, it's um it's really enjoyable to play. It really brings in the Halo elements. You still feel like you're playing a Halo game even though it's completely different from a normal Halo game. And I think they use the Halo assets very smartly, like Mm -hmm. the Scorpions and all the the different Halo units that we get in the regular game. I think it's really well implemented. Um, I I think it works. I think it's fun. I think it was... Do you think they advanced enough? Or like, was it... it, Does it set itself apart enough from halo wars one did we need halo wars two from like an rts standpoint did it need that refining i mean from a story I standpoint think the yeah new modes, they brought forward a lot of things i think the new modes really sell it and i ignored all of them um to be honest but i thought <laughs> they can't, they, from a you said we need an rts it's hard to say because rts is a very old genre that is not mm-hmm. prevalent i would say for the mo- for, for the most part it's obviously it's pc dominant so that you get you get loads of them over there even if they don't break through to like mainstream, but Halo mm-hmm. Wars Two, I thought did spectacular. I know it probably didn't sell gangbusters, but it's it's a great story. It's really well told. As an RTS game, I thought they did an amazing job of taking the first game, completely different studio, and making a game that felt exactly the same that played and controlled so well. It's so familiar. I like the changes that they made. I didn't realize how much changes had they made. If you go back to the the first episode that we did about like, I just assumed that Halo by playing Halo Wars one, that that's how Halo Wars two played, but it totally wasn't Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of how, you know, leader powers, base building power and resources and how, how they work being very different. Um, but like the multiplayer mode is not something I'll ever really be interested in, but having blitz and blitz firefight, that's so much fun. Like, yeah, talk about way that. More fun than I yeah, yeah, we want we can trans- so like I knew it was deck building, but when I see that kind of mechanics I just zone out. Like I'm just like, no, I barely <laughs> pay too much attention to rec packs. I'm just not able to for it. But um Did you open a bunch of yours? Your rec packs? Or your I had, uh, I had sixty four that were untouched. Okay. So I opened all sixty four of them um nice. before I played. How to make you set. feel <laughs> uh, meh. I was like, what the I did not know what I was looking at. I'm getting things. Well, he, and I'm like, that's yeah, not what a horror looks like. Them. What the hell is that? He didn't. 
he didn't play the game before he opened them, so it no, meant okay. nothing to him. There were no context. <laughs> but then I was like, looking cool. at units and things, and I was like, that's not real. What the hell is that? And then you have these, like, there's marines that suck the life. They have these, they're siphoned. They have these siphon weapons. I was like, mm-hmm. what the feck is this? It's like, there's <laughs> yeah. so many things in there that aren't in the main game. And then when I actually, I played through the tutorial, which is pretty short and not, I, I, well, I suppose the mode itself was pretty simple now that I think about it. I didn't think it did a great job of telling you what, what, you, what you were doing. Um, mm-hmm. But maybe it's also because I was really rushing to get it done so I could play with Krista. Um, but it's like, it's actually very, very good. And I was super impressed. I mean, Seven Crystal, played one game of Blitz co-op. Uh, and I'd never Firefight. played it before. Firefight, sorry. Uh, which is like, you have two bases, two armies. You have separate resources. So Krista played Covenant and I played UNSC. But we were co-oping mm. against an AI enemy that has oh. waves. And mm-hmm. the waves chained armies halfway through. So we were playing Covenant for the most part. Or against Spanish, let's say. And then it switched to us fighting against UNSC forces, which was an absolute mindfuck. Oh, it was awful. <laughs> yeah. It was because awful. Because me, me and Krista are like trying to kill Spartans and trying, like fighting against Spartans is scary. Yeah. And there was also a whole round of just Spartans. Really? It was yes. only Spartans and we did was not it, do very well. <laughs> was it Omega Team? Because didn't they bring Omega Team into it? It was See, just I random. I don't know. Yeah. It was just, it I have no like idea. just random Spartans. Okay. Yeah, there, there been, is wasn't a attention. card for Omega, which is a cool yeah. callback to Halo Wars. That is really cool. So I looked at some of the cards, but like the deck building part of it, I didn't delve too deeply in. I just added a bunch mm-hmm. of random decks. And I can see where it goes, where it's going. Yeah. In terms of like the different leaders have like certain powers, have certain decks. And it's very interesting. They give you a ton to play with. Um, I think it is cool. I think it's really well done. I mean, I, it which doesn't... Which leader were you? I picked I, I pick Cutter. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't delve into like the differences that actual leader makes. I think you just have access to different cards. I'm assuming, yeah, different leader powers and stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, different cards, yeah. different leader powers. Yeah. yeah. So like the units I had were pre- I had some cool units, but like they obviously have variations on the units. So like they have things called like troop uh, warthog, which means when the warthog blows up, dudes jump out of it and keep fighting, and you have a unit yeah. of marines. I'm like, that's really clever. I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, they do the same, but like um. Oh, hornets and stuff like that and i got vultures and i was dropping things i mean there's no population cap so like man i had some fucking army man i was he dumping had a dudes huge in huge army it was, I was crazy oh really that's cool. I kept, yeah and i did i realized then how the cards cycle through and then you just build up your power and you keep pumping mm-hmm. down new units and i'm like this is awesome love this and you gotta get is it called i forget what it's called energy or whatever you gotta go to the spot and blow uh, up the little firefight worker basically i think but like the purple stuff is what gives you currency to spend which yeah. are on your cards and that naturally mm-hmm. like fills up over time as well i think there's other they try to explain it to you in the tutorial of what it actually really is but like who really cares um it's just, <laughs> it's just currency and then there are three control points on the map and you have if you have to tr- control the majority you like like a thing counts up and you lose the game when the enemy's thing goes to 100%. So it's just a percentage yep. that builds over time. I don't know. I can't remember what it is. I wasn't really paying attention. It, it's your, um, as you're sitting on the uh, three points. Points, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. If we're on, what is if the thing on you're of, getting? Is kind of what I'm thinking. Like you it, don't get anything. You're just denying It's just enemy. domination it's just, points. Uh, okay, yeah. It's just a generic yeah. thing that you gain. Okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, 
I thought it was excellent. I really thought it was proper enjoyable. Playing with Krista was super enjoyable. Like the co-op <laughs> experience was, was so much fun. It was just like us calling out random shit and like freaking out when we saw like an enemy <laughs> spawn. Like because they spawn in waves. So like I yeah. I dropped an archer missile that will I will probably remember to the day I die, Colin. It was so good. <laughs> like the enemy came in, I dropped my archer missile, I lined it up, and like I wiped out. I would say like five million dudes. Do you know what I mean? It was just so satisfying <laughs> to see them all clumped together and knowing exactly yeah. what I was going to do. And and they were it was marines, so it felt kind of weird, but also awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Archering like human 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 forces, but. I like the way there's no story in it. Like it's just fucking go away and yeah. have fun, and it yep. does a super good job. I I know there there's microtransactions involved in it. I would not be fucking bothered going near any of that shit. But um, well you do so the, the with the cards the cards will upgrade the units that you have so they'll become more powerful, have more health, hit harder, that sort of stuff. As I noticed get, that like, yeah. As you get duplicates, so. Just for example, like if you have a marine unit and you get another marine, or if you, you get a marine card to like unlock that unit, and then as you get more marine cards in your packs, you keep, you keep upgrading your marine unit for that leader. And so over time, the, the more packs you get, the more you play, the more packs you get, the more packs you open, the more essentially like the more of each unit that you get, the more powerful they will get over time. And um, you don't unlock, you don't, you don't have all of the units unlocked right away. So you have enough to, like, if you didn't have any packs or anything, you have at least enough units unlocked to field a team, to field a deck of, I think it's like 12 different, different cards that you need to have in your deck. And then you'll slowly unlock new, new units with the new card decks, but then also get duplicates, which power up those those units that you already have so i think it's an okay system but yeah you could definitely i i could see myself as i opened all my packs and then i played a couple times i was like oh i can see how this could like <laughs> you know if i was losing if i was big into online multiplayer online and i was like oh my guys just aren't strong enough i could see how that could become a little bit of a you know a little money sink or at least the the desire to but i mean that's kind of how they built it that's how those Monet- that that monetization goes. Yeah, it's a cool cool mode. Very impressed. Yeah, Krista, what um have, have you spent much time with Blitz or have you avoided it? When Halo Wars Two first came out, I think I played a bunch of Blitz Firefight. Um, I used the Cyborg Lady who was one of the DLCs. Oh yeah, Kansano, she's good. Yeah, she's cool. She's like the fire lady, right? She's the fire sort of lady, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. I used her a lot. Um, I remember having a pretty good time. I was just kind of played by myself and just kind of zoned out and just enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what I did. Um, it was just kind of, it was just, it's a good time. Like, whether you're playing it with other people or you just want to sit down and you don't necessarily want to play the campaign. You just want to build stuff and yeah. make things. It's a great way to go. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's pretty engaging. Um there's a lot of strategy too yeah like you have to choose from which unit of the you know four or five that you're presented with based off how many how much of the currency you have do i build two of these or do i build one i imagine one vulture and you can spend five to cycle a card as well oh okay yeah Uh, i think it i imagine it's there's a lot of multitasking involved i like how they they keep it simple where there's no base building which i like it's Mm -hmm. just the resource and the units 
But like, as you try and you're gonna have to. I was didn't bother spreading units. Krista was more like, I'm spreading a unit here. I have units here. I have unit there. I just had a blob and moved it around. Is pretty much all I did. <laughs> yeah. So like, I wasn't tactically very sound. But like, I think if you were playing solo, it'd be way more difficult. Because yeah. you'd you'd have to balance the capture points and what units are on them, and then fighting the waves. I think it it actually tells you in an icon when the wave launches what it's going to be. I started noticing that where it was like sometimes it would be a question mm. mark, sometimes it would be like leaders, sometimes it would be aerial units would spawn, and it would get. But like we're talking like you have four seconds of notice of what's coming towards you, so like maybe you could you could drop some wolverines if you knew it was going to be aerial based or whatever, but. It doesn't give you that much time to like really react to the wave that's coming. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a it's a cool mode. It's a, a good iteration, and you know, I'll just I'll apologize to all the multiplayer people out there. We're, that's not our specialty. You know, we're obviously the more the lore side of stuff. So we'll, we've dabbled in in blitz. Um, we're we're not going to talk about the other multiplayer modes. I don't think any of us have spent much time with the multiplayer, but I know in general they've. You know, my sense is they they've done a, a really good job with the multiplayer. Um, you know, continuing to to make upgrades and listening to the community. Um, I know there is a community still out there that's playing this game, and all the D- the DLC that we've talked about is like the campaign DLC, but they've had a lot of leader DLC. A leader lot. Power DLC. They got like five or six DLC leaders. Yeah, there's like there's a hunter DLC. It's like the called Colony. The Colony. Yeah. A L- Sergeant L- L- Johnson one, where so right. the Sergeant Johnson's ultimate unit is himself in a huge mech suit. Yeah. Um, another great one is Yap Yap the Destroyer. Mm-hmm. So it's like yeah. just a bunch of grunt units, which is really fun. Yep. Yeah, they've done a good job with uh, the ongoing support that took place. And then I don't think there'll be any more leaders or anything like that. But they're, they just did make an update recently um, as of recording. So they're, they're still keeping an eye on it and keeping it up for the people that that are playing it and do want to continue to play halo wars because right now i mean we when we think of halo we think of the first person shooter games but this is a, a this is a, an awesome way to play with all of the toys you know that's what we call the toy box during the show these are all the to- you can play with all the toys in halo wars um and 343 is allowing allowing people to do that and continue to support it all right. Um, I wanted to mention a couple. Like, there won't be much trivia in this one because we don't focus on that for the recaps. But I did want to at least mention that there are some unused skulls. You know, we mentioned all the skulls during the each mission when we unlocked them, but there are a handful, actually eight of them, that Halopedia and I know Chris Aiken's drawn attention to them as well. Um, they discovered them in the code of the game, but they're not. You can't actually unlock them they're not like they're not available in the all the skulls to choose from but they're in the code so they had plans for them at some point um but they just didn't make it into the final game so i just want to at least list them off because i think it's interesting and you can look them up on halopedia and they do have little icons and we talked about how the skulls like the art for the skull is so cool in this game you know they do have their own individual um that look and feel to them so i'll just go down the list here um one of the skulls is vampire and that ability is every unit would be granted a siphon passive. So similar to what David mentioned that they used in Blitz. So they, you know, suck the life out of one of the other units and but and then, you know, power up or, or provide health to your unit. Um, 
Another one is what's in the box. Every five minutes, boxes are deployed around the map. Upon touching these boxes, we'll grant the player a random unit. I like That's that. That's kind of fun. Yeah. I like that. That can be pretty cool. Uh, let's see. Moon gravity reduces the gravity and explosions. Launches victims much farther. <laughs> so bodies are just flying everywhere. Right. That would be fun. They had fog planned, which was a Halo Wars one skull, but they never brought it. They didn't bring it into Halo Wars two, and that's just the HUD is disabled. And I know that. I don't even know probably, how that would work. Yeah, I mean, people would probably want that for like screenshots and things like that, but I don't know what else you would. That would be tough otherwise. You wouldn't be able to see your resources and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. You wouldn't be able guessing. to see your units when you go all units. <laughs> you just have to look at them. Yeah. I wonder if there's any other indicator on there. Like, probably not, but like your resources counting up on the, on the physical fire base or something like that. That'd be kind of cool. The zoom way in. Yeah. The next, uh, the next goal is iron, which we've seen in other Halo games. And that's, um, that's just when you fail a mission, you would restart at the start of the mission. There's no checkpoints. And that, that's that's a standard Halo skull. They did include one called Nightmare, which is like iron to the extreme, where there's no saves or checkpoints in the campaign at all. So I think if you have Nightmare on, then you'd have to restart the entire campaign, perhaps? God damn. But I, so iron is a little bit light, lighter version of that. The next one is Look Daddy, which was also a Halo one, Halo Wars 1 skull. Whenever a grunt unit dies, their gas tanks will send them flying around. Perfect. Yep. Clear skies, it removes the fog, so as you, you know, as you start the map, you can't really see everything, but but when you have this skull on, you just be able to see where all the banished units are, which would be I that'd guess that nice. make it easier, right? That would probably decrease your overall score. And the last one is Cowbell, which is also Halo Wars 1, and explosions would increase. So bigger explosions, which we all love. So we did, um, I just did, I I talked with Chris Aiken uh, through Twitter, and he brought in Jeremy Cook, who was the actual lead um, art director for Halo Wars 2, just to kind of confirm what these things are all about. So someone somewhere along the line has found this stuff in the code, and Jeremy just said, yeah, these were in there. We had plans for them, and they never made it into the game. And they're, they're, they're probably never going to make it into the game at any point. But they're just they're just there. So people found them, and they're out there. So it was cool to at least get him to respond to that and confirm that they exist, but there's they're not going to be you know, a, a, a new element of the game anytime. So yeah, that's my little trivia that I uncovered. Let's talk about, let's do our comparisons like we always do. Um, you know, we're not going to compare to the other, you know, twin stick shooter games. This is the kind of the last of the non-FPS games. But I do want to at least compare, you know, go through our categories and compare back to Halo Wars 1. Because there's probably some aspects that you guys like or I, I like from Halo Wars 1 that just wasn't the same or, um, you know, we thought was better than, than the new game. So let's start with the gameplay standpoint. Krista, do you think when you're looking at Halo Wars 2 and Halo Wars 1, is Halo Wars 2 just head and shoulders above Halo Wars 1? Um, is it is it obvious like Halo Wars 2 is way better or is it or is it closer than we think? Um, 
I think in some regards, Halo Wars 2 does a lot better, especially with, like, the generators and stuff like that. I mm-hmm. thought that was a huge improvement. I hated having stupid things all the time. Lightning bolts? So <laughs> yeah, stupid lightning bolts. I hate them. Um, they, they're very similar. I think some of mm-hmm. the units in Halo Wars 2 are better implemented, like the Cyclops. Yeah, it's actually useful. Yeah, it's actually <laughs> right. useful. So there are a lot of units that just kind of work better. Marines are better. Um, they added a bunch of stuff like snipers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that was a great... They just they tweaked the units enough so that they were... The units that were weaker in Halo Wars 1 are now... You know, they're all kind of even. They do a very specific thing. Obviously some units are better than others, but every unit is useful. Mm-hmm. You don't look at it except jackrabbits. You don't look at... <laughs> You don't look at a unit and go, why is this in the game? Except jackrabbits. <laughs> <laughs> what about the leader powers? How, how, their implementation of that was different because we had to unlock them or spend our leader power points to, you know. Yeah, I wasn't as bothered with that, really. I mean, mm-hmm. I always seem to have those leader power points whenever I actually needed them. So Yeah, it wasn't always clear when you got them either. It almost seemed like it was like no if you just got to this portion of the mission, you would get another leader point. I never yeah, I don't know. That. I just yeah, I just opened the wheel and I'd have points to spend, so I just spent right. them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think all in all, like most of the leader powers are very similar to Halo Wars One. Um, some of them are implemented better, better of course, and we have a better variety. But yeah i think i think it's i don't i don't think there was much of an innovation there other than you have points and upgrades and stuff like that david if you have the itch to play an rts halo game would you ever play halo wars one ahead of halo wars two like would you ever like no i don't think so i think Mm -hmm. i think the only reason i'd ever go back to halo wars one would be just to play the campaign again the story and see the cutscenes i don't think i'd play it for the game that it is yeah um, mm-hmm. If I got an itch for a skirmish game or an RTS, I would. Yeah, I mean, with the discovery of the wonder that is Blitz there, that, that that's actually really decent. I I would do mm-hmm. that again. I think it's something like that or play. I know there's a skirmish mode in there, um. But I honestly did enjoy the gameplay a lot more. I think this time around playing Halo Wars Two and the missions, and I think they're really well structured. I like the units. Yeah, I did. I really, I really liked how, how the game, how the game flowed. Yeah, I think so too. I think, um, you know, I play. I go back and play Halo Wars One for the, just I guess the nostalgia factor, or just to kind of see what they improved upon. Um, but I think, I, in general, um, from a gameplay standpoint, I feel like they made, they made all the improvements that I would have wanted. Maybe there's some out there that you know some some of the more RTS focused people still want or you know like from the original game that that didn't make its way into Halo Wars Two or they tweaked that they shouldn't have that sort of stuff. But when I think of playing RTS um, Halo, Halo Wars Two is the the one that I uh, that I want to play. Um, let's talk qu- really quickly about like music and like presentation. I think from my standpoint, Halo Wars. One like like how it looked from a menu standpoint and all that sort of stuff. I, I know I remember we had some frustrations. It was super. It was basic, but it was also. I mean, it was built. What was it? Two thousand eight, something like that. It was like a long time ago. So I guess it's it makes sense that 
that they've improved on that sort of stuff a lot. Like I, I love the presentation of Halo Wars Two, just like the music and like the stills. Oh, the from music all is the different so units. Good. Yeah, I mean, and I would say I, I, I'd love the 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 presentation and the menu if it didn't crash so much, um, which it does for yeah. the steel. Yeah. It it crashes on that menu a lot, but like I love. That track is called Crater. That's the main menu track, and that's one of my favorites in like of Halo music. I love it so much. I think the soundtrack in this is awesome. I think it's Gordon Gordy Rab. I think I think did the music for, but um, I think it's wonderful. I really do love it, and um, it is it is cool. I like. There's a lot of Phoenix logs. I think I should should really pay attention to them, <laughs> and I really haven't. There's just so many in there. And yeah. the ones that we've read have been really interesting, do you know what I mean? and they've answered questions we've had on the game. But again, in the way that, you know, we put down a game like Destiny, like putting your lore in, in something like that. But I guess the Phoenix Log stuff isn't as core, because obviously Halo Wars tells the story properly when Destiny doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know that's a exactly good point. I guess that's that's folded into here a little bit. It's also folded into like the lore category. So maybe touch on that a little bit. But any I guess any thoughts, Krista, on, on the way that it looks, the the sound? Uh Halo Wars One's menu was awful and I could never yeah. find anything I wanted to actually find. <laughs> because like when you hit when you go to play the game it just starts. You're like, Well, how the hell do I change my difficulty in the skulls? And it's like a whole nother thing you have to find. So, yeah. Uh, I, I just think, like, not to rag on the menu, but it was just so bad in Halo Wars 1. You could never find what you wanted, which was super frustrating. Because I'd have to look it up every single time. How do I change my difficulty? Right. <laughs> so, it was, just, it, it was just annoying. It was super annoying. Like David said, the Halo Wars 2 menu system would be perfect if it didn't crash. It hasn't crashed for me in a while, but when I first loaded it up, it was crashing a lot. And I'm like, am mm. I going to even be able to play this game? Yeah, yeah. So, other than that, you can find everything you want in those menus. <laughs> right. The music is, um, I, I feel like, no, I mean, I love the Halo Wars 2 music, but you know, Halo Wars 1 music's really good too. You know, it's it's... It, it's un- unique to that game um but it's also you know there's lots of epic music in that so i i don't know if i can put one ahead of the other in my mind do you put one ahead of the other david i would say two because right now i'm trying to think of a halo wars one piece of music and i can't mm-hmm. but you've also been playing this game I might for reckon <laughs> months yeah, yeah yeah that's also very true but even Krista, that's, any thoughts on music? It's like coming back to the music. I, I knew this track. I knew it loved it. Yeah, and I know this track remember. a little bit more, but <laughs> yeah, I when I listen to Halo soundtracks, it's usually not Halo Wars one and two, so I'm not as familiar. Yeah. That's fair. All right, let's move on to a couple other things. The units and vehicles, Krista talked about that a little bit. They're kinda of one in the same units slash vehicles. Um it's tough because I feel like they learned a lot from Halo Wars as they built Halo Wars 2. So I guess the question here is, is there any, are there any vehicles that you liked better, specifically in Halo Wars 1, than in Halo Wars 2? There's, they made a lot of improvements in Halo Wars 2. I think that's without a doubt. But what, what Halo Wars 1 units are better? I, I'll go first. The fact, like... The flamethrowers, the Hellbringers, are terrible in Halo Wars 2. 
I yeah. never use them ever. Um, so I would say um, they had flamethrowers, right? They were just called something else. I think they were just called flamethrowers in Halo Wars 1. They were more effective um, in the other game from my from my memory. Uh, David, what, do you, what about you? Any, any standouts? Um, we've already kind of set up, but Cyclopses are pretty great. I used a lot of them in this game. Yeah. Um, what else? I mean, Gordius T's are one of my favorite units. It's so much fun. I think, I don't know if I had more fun. I think I did in, in how they worked in Halo Wars 1, that you just needed the resources and the population count, and then it would load up the gun, let's mm-hmm. say, and you could then fire down as many as you had the space for, and that felt amazing. Um, in this game, it just fires down three, and then you have a cooldown. That's it's not as impactful as like it. Um, it felt like loading up a weapon and then shooting down yeah. the ODSDs, and I I enjoyed that. That was more satisfying, and I felt like the times I used it in Halo Wars one were way more impactful. Um, also because I I built my game plan around having them ready, uh, when I needed yeah. them, as opposed to like this game where mm-hmm. I was like, if I had a if I had a leader, if I had the resources, I just bought them and fired them down. Um, sure. That'd be my one stand, though, as you ask. That makes sense. Anything else worth mentioning, Krista, on the on the units? Halo Wars Two is perfect. Is it? Yeah, I like no. that. It's it's. I weird. mean, they still got vultures. They didn't take anything away from you, did they? That you really liked. I liked the Hornet. The ultimate hornet upgrade that they took away from us that was only oh, in like yeah. it was only in like one mission in Halo Wars one, but it was so cool when you had them and I missed them. <laughs> I forget they're called something entirely different. Hawk. Well. Hawk. Oh, oh the hawk. It was yeah, so that's good. right. Why they take mm-hmm. that away from me? They did. You're right. <laughs> oh man, I missed that. But you got the condor eventually in Halo Wars two. Yeah. Hawks were really cool, though. <laughs> yeah, they were. I agree. Yeah, uh, that's about it, really. Yeah, I mean, I like the Kodiaks. They they took away the rhinos. They, they replaced them with the, the Kodiaks. I, they, did, they made a lot of smart decisions, I think. Um, they they made the Cyclops useful that we already talked about. Um, they they made they gave personality to the to the Spartans. I guess we could talk about that a little bit here. I mean before they were just the spartans that were on red team they had names but they had no personality but like because of the story that they were telling and you saw those spartans integrated into the story throughout i felt like i had more of a connection when i was playing you know when when alice was my spartan that i had available to me than um in halo wars 2 than i did in halo wars 1 whereas oh that's just the the powerful green unit i'm going to use that person whereas like now i get alice yeah you know, I'm, I'm excited about that. Let's talk about the um, just the banished. I, guess, I mean, there's lots to talk about, but I feel like uh, you know we've talked about throughout. But but how did you feel about fighting fighting the banished and all their enemies and their the the, the diversity that they brought in Halo Wars Two, David versus what you know the Covenant and the Flood in Halo Wars One. Uh, I love them from aesthetically. I thought they looked great. I think like their design. I like their brutish nature of them i thought they were pretty cool um mm-hmm. they were pretty good they were a good force to fight against i like their unique units um some of them will be like kind of ridiculous i think to see in first person like um the reavers and stuff i think they'll be they're 
mad looking bioletic walkers that shoot rockets over them. That's like that just doesn't seem like Halo, but um, yeah. it works in this game. Um, the blister backs are amazing. I think they they're oh my really, god, they're so good. I they're like to the point that like I hate fighting them, but obviously as a unit that you would use, you would love them. Do you know what I mean? Um, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. No, I liked I liked them. The banished were always one of my favorite things about this game was a faction like this. I thought they were they were pretty great, and I always wanted to see them come into uh, mainland Halo. Delighted to come in yeah. infinitely. They did a really good job with the variety. There wasn't there was there was some variety in Halo Wars, but just not quite enough. I feel like, and that's why they needed the flood to be part of the story. Whereas we didn't really need the flood. There was enough. There was enough. Uh, I guess change ups. You know, they they used a lot of you know grunts and brutes, the, those those types of uh, units. But but by the end, they had the banished had a lot a lot at their disposal and a lot of different threats to our forces. And I thought that uh, that we didn't really need another faction. It would have been fun to have another faction, maybe somehow. I mean, outside of just the little bit of sentinels that we saw here and there. But um, I don't think it, I didn't feel bored fighting the fan the banished throughout this game at all. How about you, Krista? No, I think... Like, Halo Wars 2 had the two enemies, which kind of switched it up. Or Halo Wars 1 had the two enemies, which switched it up a lot between the Covenant and the Flood. But I never felt like I was missing something playing Halo Wars 2. Mm-hmm. I guess you kind of fight the Sentinels, but they're not really a big threat. They kind of do their own thing. They don't really bug you unless it's part of the mission. Yep. So, yeah, they show up like sp- in specific story moments, but that's it. And I think having like a hero unit like Decimus and stuff like that and the Warlords really changed it up as well because it kind of mm-hmm. changes the way you play against them. And also like they decided to throw so many scarabs at you and it was glorious yeah. and so mm-hmm. much fun. So I think I almost think that taking away the flood from the main campaign actually forced uh three four three to kind of innovate a little bit and give you a little more with the banished which was really really nice yeah i mean the flood from halo wars one had a lot of variety we have oh, never yeah. seen that much variety in flood in all of halo so they gave us a lot of uh, different ways to fight the flood and different different uh, forms and whatnot but um yeah I, I think it just wasn't needed here um the story that they told didn't need to have the flood or, or as another faction introduced I agree. all right a couple more um a couple more categories real quick we'll do lore and characters last we'll just kind of tie that stuff together but um anything anything worth mentioning level design wise david like any frustrations did you think that um you know like like the objectives or or the maps were better in halo wars 1 than halo wars 2 or do you think that it was overall halo wars 2 did a better job um, I don't know actually because I think there might be more iconic levels in Halo Wars One that I think of. Like I remember, I have yeah. bigger memories of you like fi- City. Arcadia right. fighting Scarab. the Scarab Head. Do you know yeah. what I mean? The the fight the missions on actual Spirit of Fire. Yeah. Um, this game missions. I remembered loving the sniper mission. That'd probably be one of my favorites. I I can't remember which one. I never I, see. I don't even remember the names of these missions to be honest. Right. Most of the time. Mm-hmm. No, um, neither do I. But it's not to say like I love the mission with Alice. 
Alice going solo. That that was really fun. I actually really like those style of missions where you don't have a base. You're given units and you just kind of move around a map, but you're always mm-hmm. moving. I really enjoyed them. I think this game has does a good job of giving you enough of them, um, and good times. I, I don't know. Fun, fun combinations of units. I think yeah, it's a well designed missions. I didn't so really you almost give the edge to to from a level standpoint to Halo Wars. I, I might. Yeah, it's probably a better game to play. Um, like the final mission of Halo Wars One, where you had to like open the portal. Yeah, that's a that's an epic moment. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mm-hmm. I, I think like there's some there's some good missions in this one, but I think Halo Wars One had a better variety. Because hmm. mm-hmm. you're for Halo Wars Two, you're either on the Ark or on the Halo. That's pretty much it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I would say. That- I would say there's good variety in Halo Wars 2, but from a, um, I don't know, impactful moments, Halo Wars 1 probably had, had more of those when you're when you're thinking of like, oh, this level, this level, this level. Um, whereas the, the Halo Wars 2 missions kind of all run together, even though there is variety, but um, there's, I guess they're just not as distinct as Halo Wars from what I remember. Yeah, I remember Halo Wars 2 is more of like an overall campaign instead of individual missions. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's true, point. actually. It's a good way to, to, to do it. Which is a good, which is, I guess, a good lead in, into the, the lore. Um, I mean, that to me tells, tells that, that, that statement says to me that they did a good job of telling an interesting story that kept things moving and you were focused, you or you were more interested in the story that they were telling than you know the the gameplay elements of... oh i think i think the halo wars 2 story is by far better halo mm-hmm. wars 1 had a lot of issues where you moved around a lot and some of the stuff felt canon breaking and was a little confusing so i think overall the halo wars 2 story is easier to follow and more impactful to the overall universe it's like Halo Wars One, like the flood comes in and it's like, wait, the flood, the flood's here. <laughs> right. Also, where are we? Are we still in Arcadia? Or are we on Harvest? What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. one of the the kind of the big things about Halo Wars Two is that it, it brings you to familiar places and ties you to them, places you're you're already tied to as a Halo fan, as opposed to Halo Wars. When you go to places you may have heard of, you know, Harvest, Arcadia, these are names you would know. But then you go to, like, crazy places, and then you have crazy objectives. Now, they actually turned out to be, I think, maybe more fun to play around with. But I think um, the story is definitely easier to follow in Halo Wars. But, again, I loved every bit of story I got in Halo Wars 1, 2. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, Yeah, no, I, I appreciated it. It just... It took me a couple times to understand exactly what was happening in Halo Wars 1, where in Halo Wars 2, I picked it up immediately. Yeah. I think some of it helped, like, with the mission briefings. They did a better job with that, like, the before they throw it into the gameplay, that sort of stuff. Yeah, that and was very nice. You know, the cutscenes are just dropping I think, gorgeous uh, and super I think, memorable. Yeah, it's, it's always clear what you're doing while you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, and we're also, like David said, we're already familiar with the arc. We kind of know what it's about. Halo Wars 1 introduced a concept that wasn't really heard of in the Halo universe at the time, which was the shield world. 
Yeah. And it's not but, easy to uh, explain a shield world in these small was, cut scenes. It was right. sure as hell fun to watch, though. Oh, God, it was so... It, it's great. Halo Wars, Halo Wars 1 does a lot for the series, but they try to put in very high-level high level stuff into an RTS, and RTSs don't have very strong stories to begin with. Yeah. Right, just by nature of the game. I mean, they're trying to... to to tell a story to move the gameplay forward and get men um, have elements that are being introduced make sense. But yeah, I mean, I, I would say it's a little bit different with Halo. Like they're trying to um, uh, it, it inject extended universe, you know, elements into this. Like this, this is a platform for them to do that. Whereas, oh, like a standalone RTS maybe wouldn't care as much about a story as you know what a what a franchise would for their RTS entry. Yeah, like like a normal RTS, you don't really care about the story. You're just playing the game. RTSs aren't the base. RTSs generally aren't the best storytelling devices. Yeah, right. I would agree with that. But that's not the that's not the reason you're playing an RTS necessarily. You're playing for that you know that management. You know, base building, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, you're playing an RTS to play an RTS. You're not yeah. playing an RTS to figure out a story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as long as it makes some sense, then you're fine. But anyway, what about the characters? So, did we miss John Forge in this at all? They didn't Who? mention him at all. They to they showed honest, his they yeah. showed his cryo tube, but that's it. I forgot to about be him honest. A long yeah, time ago. they really did just wipe wipe the slate clean with him altogether. Um, uh huh. Which is, is also fine because at the same time, Halo has a habit of just bringing, talking about dead people all the time and writing <laughs> books and stories about them when they're long dead in the modern yeah. day canon. So it's fine that they let him go. And well, because, you know, Kelly Gay has picked up the threads of his story, yeah. which I like. And I prefer that way, that route that they did. Um, and if that ever comes in, fuck yeah, God, and I'm all about it. But. Mm-hmm. I do like the the characters they have. I think the, they they took what was what was good about Halo Wars one characters. I think flesh, fleshed them out really well here because we lose Serena and that's a that is a big loss. You feel that yeah, a little though, bit. Like little... Serena's just like snarky AI. She's like a yeah, but she's like she she is in unique. Halo Wars one. She's the Cortana. You know, she's yes. the one who yeah. kind of keeps you grounded and interested in what's going on. I don't but know, man. Her speech at this Cortana, day, I, I think. You think so? Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe she's like Cortana Light or whatever. Yeah. But um, I I did like her, and I thought she was unique enough. Isabel's a completely different character that you warm to over the game. I think they did a good job of that because I wasn't overly impressed with her in the beginning. Um. Yeah. But then I like that. I like the fact they've t- they've taken a different AI that wasn't built for this function and now has to adapt, and that's human nature. And I think that's really clever. Thought that was really well done, showing her coming mm-hmm. across her relationship with Cutter. Thought he was amazing again. He was so good, and the facial yeah. performances across the board were amazing. And um, they did a hell mm-hmm. of a job with Red Team. Not as I I remember thinking Red Team came out of this way better than they probably did. Um, the second time around playing, I may have embellished in my mind, but um, they did going from like Halo Wars one to two. Obviously, did a way more job, and um, everyone's yeah. gonna. You, you, Jerome and Alice are properly built characters. Douglas doesn't get as much love, I don't think, but that's okay. Um, I think Red Team are they're poised to be something. They could be something more if if, if 
three four three needed them to be. I think that'll be perfect. I mean, you've so, got David. Got, I have a question. Can you go. tell them apart now? Who apart? Call them. <laughs> See, it's red team. Do you know what I mean? Alice red. has the Gatling gun, and Jerome Sometimes. has the rocket launcher. Yeah. Something and like that. Douglas no. has the Spartan laser. No, I think Jerome is the beam. I think Douglas is the rockets. Damn it! I had a fifty-fifty <laughs> shot. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's. I mean, other than that, like the humans, you have obviously sorry, Anders. Anders is a great character. I like her a lot. She's Halsey, not Halsey, but whatever. That's fine. Um, I yeah. like she her. She even has a beef with Halsey, which is great. Yeah, it is good, and I obviously loved how they tied her into Halsey's journal. I thought that was great. Um. Just a little one-liner thing that she's in there. That's really good because obviously you're building. You need to. We need to eventually because the Halo kind of is progressing. We need to replace these characters. Do you know what I mean? So we need redundancies, mm-hmm. and they're in there. And that's fine. Um. On the human side, I can't think of anything more. We could probably could get more, but like for as we said in RTS, we we don't need loads. I need the characters are yeah. there, and each and each one of them there we've mentioned enough. are great. Douglas is the only one that doesn't really get a lot of time. Um, but that's again fine. And then on the other side, the star of the show is eight, there's eight rocks and Decimus, and that's I think all that really matters, which is a shame because yeah. obviously you have um, I'm just getting the shipmaster for the injury conviction Leveler. Like he is and way more. He is actually an interesting character, but again, he doesn't exist at, at all in this game, other than two cutscenes maybe. Do you know uh, what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I thought, I thought they kind of killed... I mean, Decimus is in the gameplay. It would have been nice to see him fleshed out a little bit more and, like, why he was the top lieutenant and stuff like that. But I guess it, I mean, the only thing I would have done differently is maybe instead of kill, killing Decimus as the top lieutenant, killing, like, the second top lieutenant or something like that and keeping, you know, a Decimus-like character well, at his side. Decimus is, is just your generic brute, so he can be anybody. To be honest, yeah, mm-hmm. you can just take any brute and say, "Yeah, he's Decimus two point Here's the next brute leader. Sure, he wasn't that unique. I don't think he he was there to be. Well, yeah, they didn't present him to be, but I'm saying yeah. like they could have. Like he's got his own, you know, his own unique look and stuff like that. But and and a badass name, if you ask me. Decimus yeah. Decimus is a cool name. Hmm. Anything else to add on characters, Krista? Um, uh, I think Cutter was very well fleshed out. I also think, like, the Spirit of Fire's crew felt like its own character as well. Like, kind of yeah. just the people in the background. And I think mm-hmm. it was literally just because Cutter referred to them so much. Like, this is our family, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, so I think them bring, kind of bringing the crew into the fold and being like, oh, yeah, there are people on the ship doing all this stuff trying to make sure everything works yeah it gives you a little bit more or it gives the well it gives the because they've talked about like twelve thousand souls or something like that on the spirit of fire it it gives a little bit of a a face to who those people are yeah yeah and we have we've analogs to like things like this as well like things like battlestar galactica and star trek and stuff like that where you have spaceships with large populations on them with captains and how they tie in with their their crew and stuff like that i think this is another great job of like a sci-fi spaceship with a captain and a group of people who are in something together and become stronger because of it 
again, it's only cutscenes and stuff, but that's fine. I think they need to be there, and uh, like I think Chris is right. Yeah, the way the way he refers to them is really what makes them stand out and matter. Yeah. Uh, the... Go ahead, Kristen. No, I was going to ask you a, f- a final question. So okay, well, I was just going to wrap it up and say that's pretty much other than what you and David have said. Those that's the really the only standout for me. Who's the, your favorite character, Krista, in Halo Alice. Wars? Alice. Okay. David? In Halo Wars 2? We are both Forge people in Halo Wars 1, and he's no, he's not around anymore. <laughs> That's true. I want to say Ajax, but he's not in the game enough, to be honest, and, and I think that's probably intentional, but like, he's definitely one of my favorite things coming out of this game that exists in, in yeah. Halo Wars. I'm so that's happy he's there. Um, But I guess probably Cutter. Okay. I think just because I think I enjoyed his performances and like how he came every across time he the was game. on every time he yeah. was on screen, like something really cool was happening. Yeah. And his re- his responses to like Aatrox and stuff, I just liked him. I like I like him as mm-hmm. a person. He's our Captain Keys there still alive, so I'm pretty happy. He about. really is. He's the he's the Captain Keys that didn't just get horribly, horribly <laughs> murdered. <laughs> Yeah, I have to stick to Atriox. I'm just I'm loyal to Atriox, but I think you do bring up a good point. Like he's he's fleshed out more in like the comic and then in the logs a little bit than he actually is in the game. You know, he's got the one big cutscene at the beginning and then another good cutscene towards the middle and end, but that's kind of about it. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see what they do with Isabel too. I um, love Isabel. I, I think, think she's having great. her on their side with the the with the created threat could be interesting knowing knowing what she's done what she's probably learned from that experience on the arc um i think that that she could be a powerful ai that the unsc will leverage moving forward and i'm a big jerome guy too so i I like jerome i like i like a lot of these characters all right let's wrap this up what um i guess let's just flat out say which one's better halo wars or halo wars 2 david Oh, I'd have to say two. Just going off everything we've said. Yeah, Krista. Got to be two. Yeah, I think so too. They've 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 took a lot of the good things from Halo War, and not to say that Halo, well, I think we all enjoyed our time with Halo Wars, but they took a lot of the things that were good from that game, made them better. Took the things that we wanted to be better, and you know, just overall the packages is a great experience. So I would say. If you if you if you're choosing between the two, or for some reason you haven't played Halo Wars to play that, and that that should be your that should give you that RTS itch from a Halo standpoint. All right, so we are going to play the DLC from here. So there what? are two two DLC. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Krista, you're on the hook for a little more. Um, we there's Operation Spearbreaker, which has two missions in it, and. I haven't played them. I played them originally, but I've played them recently. So we we're either going to do a show on each one and then a recap, or just going to do a show on the first one and then the second one and like do do a recap as a part of the second show. So we'll we'll um, let you guys know how that shakes out. And then there's a second DLC that is all about the banished, which is super cool and uh, has more blur cutscenes in it. Yeah. Um, and so we'll be covering that as well. And then. TBD after that, so we'll we'll see what happens. I would say from a like, if you want, if you haven't read the Phoenix Logs, I know have, I haven't read them all because a lot of them are like about 
each unit and each character that we probably already know, but I would say spend some time and just kind of go through all of them. There's a ton of them, so I can see how it'd be overwhelming, but chip away at, at, um, at reading those because there are little nuggets that are interesting in there. Um, and then if you haven't already, go read Kelly Gabe's, Gabe's books, Smoke and Shadow and Renegades, because those are fantastic. And they talk about Spirit of Fire and Forge and all that sort of fun stuff. Yay! All right, let's do the community question quick, and we will get out of here. We, we're running long. Yeah, super quick, super quick. Colin Perkins created a poll, admin, 4th September, 8.21 p.m. Do you want the Spirit of Fire to make an appearance in Halo Infinite? If yes, how do you want more? So it could be for any episode of Mission Debrief. It's actually very difficult to tell. This is the first time Colin's made a mistake. Just want the record. Oh, oh my oh no. god. Uh, so we had a fantastic <laughs> voting, and it was overwhelmingly yes. People wanted Spirit of Fire in this game. It is not going to be there, guys. We have 36 votes to 4, which is pretty hefty. Like That's count? a good, that's a landslide victory, like a lot of voting. A lot of comments. Wow. I won't go through them all in the interest of time, mm-hmm. but I'll maybe skim one or two. Uh, everyone wants a ship to come in. Patrick says, ship to come in and save the day kind of entrance. Drop a full arsenal of fuck shit stack and banish think We're, well, we're fucked now. Um... Installation Tier 7 is somehow brought to the Ark for repair. Oh, that is interesting. <laughs> and we find the crew in the Spirit of Fire there as well. That is genius, Jake. Yeah, that is a very nice way of doing those things together. You get a like, Jake. I don't like that, no. Yeah. Well done, buddy. Um, money quest is over. It's fine. Red team is dope. Wants more Jorage. Yeah. I think so. I think a, a red and blue team reunite would be awesome. Um, something something Anders ring something 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 Aatrox gotta catch them all something something red and blue team meet up for a hectic Spartan fun times that's Richard <laughs> that's pretty good Um, I'll just skim the last few just in case I miss a goodie Manny says pockets of human resistance are hiding out from the created Cortana 2.0 has a plan to take infinity to the arc and adjust the halos the firing only affecting the domain. Interesting. Oh, and they find the spread of fire there too. That could be good. Yeah, that, that's a, that's a weird way to say. The firing only affecting the domain. I don't know what that would mean. You wouldn't want to. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't want to fire the domain. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm sure Manny meant something else there. But anyway, the domain's and what's keeping. Very the last, guys Ethan alive. says, "I want the spirit to crash through a banished cruiser, Infinity style. Could we possibly make any more noise?" Infinity drops out of his face, crashes through a capital ship next to a destroyed cruiser. I guess so. That's pretty good, Ethan. And I'll leave it there. But thank you all for your responses, guys. Nice. Awesome. Thank you very much. What's Discord have to say? All right. We got 12 for yes, three for no. I'm not sure who those three people are, but <laughs> Claptrap says travel to the Ark and Atriox and the Spirit Team team up with the Infinity to fight Cortana. Matt says, I want to see them mentioned, maybe find a way to tie in a forge, but the ship doesn't actually need to appear. I think it's better if they remain on the Ark, separate from the UNSC, at least for now. Uh, Dezito says, I'd quite like Anders to be Chief's new savant in place of Cortana. I like that. Uh, Shadow of Oni Cutter. Master Chief, what are you doing on that ring? Chief, sir, finishing the fight. Hard cut to black as credits roll, and we're first forced to wait three years for the conclusion of how it happens. <laughs> okay. 
And then David says he fucked up mission debrief. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and that's about all I got. Uh, that's all right, David. I screwed up builds the blocks this week, so <laughs> <laughs> we're just screwing up here and there. We are. We're all human. No, uh, I did. I did post this on Twitter too. I forgot about that until now. So same question: Would you do you want to see Spirit of Fire make an appearance in Halo Infinite? And on Twitter, we had 131 wow. votes. Holy shit! 68 percent said yes, and 31 percent said no. So still yes, but a, a more resistance on Twitter than uh, than the other two. Hmm. So go check that out. You can see a couple fun responses from there. But we've been running long, so we gotta. We gotta cut it. That'll do it for a recap of the main campaign of Halo Wars 2. On the next episode, we'll be playing the Halo Wars 2 DLC Operation Spearbreaker Gatecrashers yes. mission. Send us your thoughts at podcastevolved at gmail.com or drop us a tweet at podcastevolved on Twitter. You can also support the show by visiting podcastevolved on Patreon. And don't forget that free audiobook trial. Visit audibletrial.com slash podcastevolved. Until next time, Evolved. 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 Whew, that might be our longest one ever. <laughs>